Good morning to everyone. Glad to see everybody today. Hope you're healthy and well. A uh, number of our church family are unable to be out in this kind of weather, and that's understandable. But we're glad that you're here today, and uh, great singing, good worship time this morning. I love this time of year. Uh, I was excited this morning. I've got to still have enough kid in me that when I look outside and see snow on the ground, I, I get excited about that. That's a, that's a special thing for us, and uh, we enjoy it. And as kids, uh, if we had a little bit more, we'd enjoy it a lot more. So uh, those of you who are bundled up and say, I'm so glad I've got a warm house and I don't have to get outside, all the kid in you is gone. That's all I can say. It's just gone. And so uh, a joy to be together for worship this morning. Joy is a word that we seem to use quite a bit this time of year. It is perhaps the, the joyous season of the entire year for most of us. For some people, this time of year does not bring joy. It brings depression, discouragement. They have sad thoughts, sometimes because of the loss of loved ones and the memories of years past uh, flood our souls and uh, it causes us to not be as joyful as we should. And so if that should be the case in your life, I want you to know that there are those of us who would be willing to listen and talk with you and visit with you and encourage you during this time. So don't get down, uh, be around the right kind of people Talk about things that bring happiness to your life and remember that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Well, it has been said that some people aim at nothing and they achieve their goal with remarkable success. Where is your aim what are you aiming at? How high is your level of expectation? Have you reached a point in your life where you think, this is it, I've finally arrived, there's nothing else to achieve, there's no way I can advance? Well, I want to talk to you this morning about the idea of pressing on. And this song that we've just sung written in 1882 by Johnson Oatman, is a, uh, a song that we have sung for many, many years, 135 years, I guess, since he wrote it. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. I hope that's kind of a motto of your life. It's one of the great principles that the Apostle Paul develops in the little book of Philippians. Now, for those of you who've been with us on Sunday nights, you know we've been uh, browsing through the book of Philippians, and it just so happens uh, we are at a point that I decided since we didn't have Sunday night the last, uh, these last two weeks of the year, that I would uh, take up where we left off last. And because I think it's, it's a great thought that Paul has in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid 
hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not regard myself of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to read the next verse. So let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. A couple of times in this passage, in verse 12 and again in verse 15, Paul uses a word that might be a little perplexing to some of us. He uses the word perfect. I have not yet arrived at this state of perfection, he says, but I'm pressing on. And as many as are perfect have this same attitude in yourself. The word perfect, that word is kind of a word we stumble over, I think, sometimes. Some of us stumble over it because we think it portrays the idea of moral perfection, living life to, in such a way that it's, well, you're just sinless. You're without sin. You never do anything wrong. You never make any mistake. Paul's not talking about that. He's already described the fact that in his own life, uh, in his past, there were a lot of things he did that he thought was right, but they turned out to be contrary to God's will through Jesus Christ. And so Paul, who uh, tried to live a perfect law, uh, life by keeping the law, realized that that was impossible, and so he allowed Jesus Christ to come into his life, and Christ brought with him the possibility, the opportunity of having a righteousness, not a self-righteousness, but a righteousness based on faith through Jesus Christ. So when Paul says this word perfect, he's talking about the idea that we are a people who are to constantly be striving toward a mature process in our life as a Christian. We're to be growing up at all times in Jesus Christ. And he uses this idea of how Jesus Christ had laid hold on him. One translation says that he was apprehended by Christ. Christ had gained control of Paul. He was a captured man, captured by Jesus Christ. And because he was captured by Jesus Christ and he was in the, the grip of God's grace. God had a grasp on Paul through Jesus Christ. Paul sees now that his life should be uh, exemplifying the kind of life that Christ would have him live. If Christ controls me, if I belong and have been captured by Christ, then the goal of my life is to live a life that exemplifies Jesus Christ. That's the perfection he's talking about. It is a word which means to be mature, to be complete. It's the idea of a finished product. And God is constantly working on me. I'm sure he's constantly working on you as well. And as God is working on us, he is working on us and through us, through his son Jesus Christ, 
to bring us to a finished product to be mature and complete in Jesus Christ. And in order to get there, Paul talks about the idea of pressing on. I'm pressing on. I think it's a good theme for us to think about as we end a year and are on the brink of beginning a new year. The idea of pressing on. And to keep that theme in our mind and to encourage us to keep pressing on, Paul says there are uh, some things that will help us keep focused. And here they are, four little thoughts I want you to remember this morning about how we can reach our goal, how we can get to the point where we are mature people in Jesus Christ and God will bless us immensely with something that will last forever and ever the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There are four directions we need to look if we're going to press on. This first one sounds kind of uh, like a paradox, but to press on, we have to have a backward look. One thing I do, now this, this one thing, that's the formula that Paul is talking about, but it includes several sub-steps or sub-points. One thing I do, he says, includes this, forgetting what lies behind. Well, 365 days of 2017, almost all of them lie behind. Look back over the past year. What do you need to forget? That's the important thing about looking back. Looking back reminds us that there are some things, if we had a chance to do it over, we'd do it differently. We'd make better decisions. We'd go in a different direction. We'd do something, well, better than we did last year. In order to press on, we have to look backward. Now, the idea of looking back is the picture of the athlete that I think Paul is really using here is a symbol of what it means to be a Christian who is constantly growing and maturing in Christ. To press on, the athlete is running toward the finish line. And I remember well uh, many years ago, a track coach of mine uh, who was the great-great-grandson of the last uh, great Comanche chief, Quanah Parker. His name was Quanah Cox. And Quanta Cox, I think, tried to take it out on some of us little white boys that he just wore us out in track practice. But he, uh, he instilled this in our mind. When you run the race, never, never look back. When you look back to see where your competitors are, you're going to do a couple of things. You're going to lose your momentum. You're going to lose speed. You might even get out of your lane, and the next thing you know, you might stumble and fall because you're too concerned about who's behind you and whether or not they're going to catch up with you. Now, I watched an outstanding football player yesterday run about a 95-yard touchdown, and about the last 30 yards, he just kind of slowed down looking back to see how close those guys were that could have caught him. And you know what? They nearly caught him. And you know something else? Looking back, he nearly ran out of bounds before he crossed the goal line. 
I thought, I can't believe this star athlete is just sort of trotting toward the goal line because he thinks nobody's going to catch me. Three guys were on his heels and they nearly caught him. Looking back can have a negative effect on our life. It can be a downer if we concentrate too much on the things of the past that really we need to forget. The things that God has forgiven in your life this past year, look back, remember what they were, and thank God that he has forgiven them, and there's a good chance you need to forget it and move forward. This one thing I do, looking back to the things which lie behind, number two, look forward. There needs to be a backward look and a forward look. I reach out, I press on toward the things that are before me, the things that lie ahead, reaching out to what lies ahead. None of us have the ability to even imagine what lies ahead of us even this afternoon, much less for an entire year of 2018 if God grants us that time. What lies ahead for you? Greater opportunities? God giving you new gifts? New privileges? Ways that you can be used to glorify God in a way that you've never thought about? What lies ahead? If we're going to press on, we have to reach out to what lies ahead. And when those doors open... Uh, we'll be ready to let God use us to go through those doors and accomplish good things for him and good things for our own personal life. And then he says, but there is something else that will help us all in this matter, and that is not just looking backward and looking forward. We need to look onward. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is a man who is exemplifying the great principle of the Christian life and that is perseverance. Paul is saying I am not going to quit, I am not going to give up, I am going to stay the course. I am going to press on toward the goal. I think that kind of a spirit and attitude is one that we need to have in our lives every day. It's more than just being an eternal optimist. It's recognizing who is in control of the universe and who is in control of my own life. Pressing onward. And then he says we need to have not only this onward look, but we need to get our eyes lifted a little higher and we need to have an upward look. I press on toward the goal for the prize, listen to this, of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call. God calls us up. God's in the stadium of life and he's cheering us on and he's saying, come on, you can do it. You can be faithful. You can be steadfast. You, you, can, you can make it. You can get to the end. You can live life to its fullest. And when your life comes to an end, 
then you can know that you have pressed on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, I think these are the kind of things that will help us, not just in a new year, but really to help us have an attitude for a new life. Whether that life be lived for the next full year, or we be a person that comes around living for another decade or so. And so if we're going to reach the goal, if we're going to receive the prize, if we're going to wear the crown of life, we need to develop this same spirit that Paul had. I am pressing on. I haven't obtained it yet. I haven't become perfect. I am not the mature person that I really believe God wants me to be. God is not through with me yet. And one of these days, when the crowns are passed out, don't you want to be there? Don't you want to be there to receive the crown of life? As we sing our invitation song this morning, I just wanted to pass on a few simple thoughts today about the kind of spirit that we see manifested in a wonderful Christian man centuries ago, the kind of spirit that needs to be exemplified in our own lives as we press on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And God has prepared a great prize. Now, you know, we think of a prize as a reward that is going to be given to us because we have earned it. That is not what Paul has in mind. No way we can earn it, but we're going to receive it as a gift. And when we finish, when you cross the finish line and I cross the finish line, it doesn't make any difference where you are in the numbering of first, second, third, or fourth. We're going to all be winners, and we will all receive the crown of life. To God be the glory as we stand and sing.